Greetings in Christ Jesus and welcome once again to the Twin Steeples podcast. Twin Steeples is a production of Emmanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church here in Mankato, Minnesota, whose main goals are to share God's saving word and to communicate the ongoing activity of Christ's kingdom here at Emmanuel. Today is Wednesday, March 30th. I'm your host, Pastor Joe Nauman, joined again today by Pastor Neil Radical. Thank you for joining us on the Twin Steeples podcast today. Uh, I'd like to start today with a brief devotional thought based on Luke chapter 7, verse 47. But before I read the verse, just a little background. Jesus had been invited to the house of a Pharisee named Simon in this section. And there at the house of Simon, uh, a woman who was well known by everyone as a sinner had come into uh, Simon the Pharisee's house and had begun to wash Jesus's feet with her hair and with her tears and she was anointing his feet with the oil from a fa- alabaster flask a very expensive oil and the the Pharisees questioned uh, why Jesus was allowing this to happen and they even questioned uh, his knowledge about who this woman was because it was well known to everyone that this woman was a sinner that she participated in sinful activities and if Jesus actually knew who she was he certainly would not be allowing it and then Jesus questioned uh, knowing all things of course Jesus questioned Simon and all the other Pharisees and scribes and and told them that this woman had anointed his feet and they hadn't given him any any anointment she had washed his feet they hadn't given him any water to wash his hands even after he'd come in from the outside and uh, uh, finally he comes to this verse 47 from Luke chapter 7, which I think needs a little bit of explanation, which is why I want to explore it today. So this woman had done all these things for Jesus. The Pharisees are questioning Jesus and his his knowledge about who this woman is and why he would allow her to do this. And in the, in the with all this going on now, Jesus comes to this conclusion. He says, Therefore I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. And if you just read that on the surface, that's the New King James Version that I read there. If you just read that on the surface, and you only read that verse outside of all the context of Holy Scripture, it could be easy to come to the conclusion that her sins are forgiven because she loved much. That it's her action of love, her devotion to her Savior Jesus, anointing his feet with her with the alabaster flask and with the tears and with her hair. It was that action of love to her Savior which then enabled her sins to be forgiven. Uh, is that the conclusion that we should come to, Pastor? Or do you have a different explanation for that? No, I'm, that's a great question. I think that second half, that second sentence is really important, if, especially, like you said, if you're only looking at this verse, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. So the forgiveness happens first. The love is the response. So when Jesus says to her, her many sins are forgiven, therefore she loves much. I know you might say, well, that's not the way the verse reads. Her many sins are forgiven for she loved much. It's the idea is that, okay, whoever's been forgiven a lot, obviously they're going to love more. If someone thinks they've only been forgiven a little thing, a little bit, why would they love very much? I think I made that point before. There's nobody in this world besides my wife, for as long as we've been married now, that's probably forgiven me more than she has. I suppose someone could argue parents also, but you think of the people closest to you and they forgive you more than anybody else and so why do we love them most because they've forgiven us more than anybody else mm-hmm. and so that's um that's that's kind of the way i look at this verse i don't know if you have a different way of explaining it yeah i think you know jesus is uh, he's making a comparison to 
between the Pharisees and between this woman. So this woman is a well-known sinner. She had many, many sins. And in comparison to that, the Pharisees, who viewed themselves as better, would think, well, that woman has way more sin than I have. I, I have a lot less sin. And that's the point he makes with that second sentence. To whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. These Pharisees didn't, didn't love Jesus as much as this woman did because they didn't think they needed as much forgiveness. They didn't think they needed as much love, uh, so they did not love as much in return, which is where now it's really this, one of the two great teachings of the Bible, the law is very important because the law points out our sin. And understanding how much sin we, we have and how great of sinners we are is vitally important to understanding just how much God loves us. Uh, if I think in the past week that I've committed two sins, that means Jesus died on the cross to take away two of my sins in the last week. If I think I've sinned in the last week 10,000 times, you know, more than I can eat, the ones that I know, the ones that I don't know, you know, the constant sin, well then that's how much Jesus loved me. So a greater understanding of your sin leads to a greater understanding of the love that God has for you. And then that leads to a greater love pouring out of that love to others as well. And that's what we see from this woman is her sins, which are many are forgiven for she loved much. So she, you know, that's the progression, right? She understood how much sin she had. She understood how much sin she was forgiven by God. And now she could not help, but now show that love to others. Um, in the, the Greek, we had to do a paper on this, on this verse when I was in seminary. And in the Greek, the, the word there that is for, or maybe translated because, uh, is the word hati. And that's, we call it an exegetical hati, which means a, a hati that gives further explanation. So it's not a causal. So if it was causal, it'd be her sins are forgiven because she loved much. It's not causal. It's not the fact the the second clause there is the cause of why the first clause happened. It's further explaining. So it's uh, maybe a better translation would be therefore she loved much. So she, her sins were forgiven and so she loved much uh, in response to that forgiveness of sins. I think it's ironic, too, that she's washing... I like that you brought it the context in because it's so important. And she's washing Jesus' feet. Be, and you mentioned because she's forgiven with that expensive perfume, but ultimately Jesus washed her first with his blood. I know he hadn't done that on the cross yet, but when you have the God making those promises, they're as good as done. And so really, she's washing him out of thanksgiving for his washing of her. Yeah. So pretty neat section and also something really to, to understand as you read through it. This was in our daily reading, Read the Bible 2022 yesterday, and I thought to myself, boy, it's easy to take that out of context and misunderstand that, misapply that. So it's good to talk about these things and study these things, and that's why we read the Bible and we dig in deeper and we even look to the original language to help understand what exactly Jesus is telling us there. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank and bless you for this day. Please continue to send your spirit to help us to grow in your word. Help us and bless us as we walk as your children in this world. Help us to recognize how much we have been forgiven and so to show love to our neighbor and to you out of response of your great love for us. In your name we pray. Amen. A number of updates and reminders for you this week. Thank you to everyone who helped out with the arts camp this last weekend. It was very successful. I think we had just about 60 campers uh, come and spend the night in the gym for two, uh, two nights. Uh, I remember doing that when I was a kid on that hard gym floor. I guess it would have been the last gym floor. The new one's maybe softer than the old one. But uh, thank you to everyone who helped with that, especially Kim Stelter and Amber Casto, who were kind of our two leads. Uh, this week, uh, finally, March 28th, the Pew Restoration began. You want to touch 
a little bit about what you know about that, Pastor. Sure, yeah. Sorry um, about all the confusion, but um, one of the team leads had a family thing that came up, so that's why they had delay again. But they sent two leads here, and these guys are working so efficiently. They're going to have, they think, most of it done by Saturday. So there's a chance we could have services in the church this weekend. You just kind of have to see where we direct you when you come this weekend. But for the funeral on Saturday, we'll at least have uh, most of the front half done. So we'll be able to have that funeral service, and we'll kind of see what it looks like from there. But very exciting. Looks like uh, the, the like three or four times as thick as the old ones, and they just look really sharp. So very excited for that process to be done. Yeah, I just saw them when I came in this morning. Very, They look good, and I think they look good with the carpet too. So, um, yeah, exciting. So you're saying April 2nd this weekend. There's potential for service be in, done. in the church. Yep. Oh, that's exciting. Awesome. Uh, today, our Lenten series continues. We're studying the Lord's Prayer. Uh, our theme is, Lord, teach us to pray. Uh, today, we are on the fourth petition. Pastor George Duman is coming to preach for us. Again, this service will be held in the MPF today uh, because of the work being done in the, in the sanctuary. Uh, so the fourth petition, give us this day our daily bread. Uh, we thank Pastor Duman for coming and sharing God's word with us today. Uh, next week, I will be preaching on the fifth petition, which is forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. So I uh, hope you can join us for that as well. And that one should be in the sanctuary, we would, we would assume, by next Wednesday. Right. So that's exciting. Uh, our yard signs are still available. Uh, we still have a number of them left. They are no longer in the narthex. They're back in the uh, secretary's office back behind the church. Uh, behind the altar so if you uh, would like one of those you can still come back and grab one of those again uh, uh, make sure you're not using your feet to stake them down make sure you're putting them in with your hands um, so we hoping to promote our school I just was driving back from the cities for Addie's appointment yesterday and there was one right on the main drag uh, through St. Peter so I'm not sure who that was but uh, yeah, it's exciting to see those yard signs going up in our communities here our weekend Bible class continues this weekend. We're continuing our confirmation study. Confirmation's coming up, boy, four weeks away now, three well, weeks plus, away now. Yeah. April 24th, I 24th. believe, is the date. So it's yeah. coming up pretty quick. So looking forward to that. Um, our uh, Holy Week is coming up again. Uh, April 10th is going to be Palm Sunday. We will have 2, 2 p.m. and 6 p.m. services for Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday. Uh, that would be April 14th and 15th. And then our regular scheduled Easter services uh, for Easter weekend, the 16th and 17th, would be 6 p.m., our normal uh, uh, 6 p.m. Saturday night Easter service. Then we also have that special sunrise service at 7 a.m. on Sunday morning. Easter breakfast will then take place between the 7 a.m. sunrise and the 10 p.m. regular service. 8 a.m. Pardon me? Sorry. 10 a.m. 10 a.m. regular service. Did I say 8? Yeah. 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 So 7 a.m. sunrise, 10 a.m., uh, regular Sunday Easter service. So uh, looking forward to that. Uh, always one of the most exciting weeks of the year for us as pastors to go through Jesus's final days in this world and then of course his uh, resurrection after his death as well. Did you mention no Sunday school Bible class? Yeah, that's a good point too. So no Sunday, Sunday school or Bible class that Easter weekend either. Uh, on our prayer list, we continue to pray for Nellie Edwards. Uh, her surgery has been rescheduled for April 5th. So we keep praying for her that God would give her patience and strength as she uh, prepares for that. Uh, we also pray for Trudy Dackens. You wanna, yeah. We went to visit her yesterday. Would you like to? Yep. She was hospitalized on Sunday for shortness of breath. She's often had trouble with breathing, but she's hoping to maybe go home today or tomorrow. Uh, so they've stabilized that a little bit more. So 
good news there. Um, thank you all for the prayers for my daughter, Addie. She had a successful surgery on Monday. Um, it was kind of two parts of it. They burned the outer edge of her retina, which was uh, intended to keep her retina from developing incorrectly. So um, there could be some potential loss of peripheral vision for her from that, but they think by and large that was very successful. And then they also uh, uh, they moved some muscles and loosened some of the muscles up that attached to the eyeball itself. Um, and this allows her to uh, uh, her eyes to move more normally and appropriately uh, as she her vision develops. So we'll be continuing to keep an eye on it. She'll be having appointments pretty regularly, still going forward up in the cities there to uh, uh, keep an eye on her vision as it develops because vision develops so quickly. So thank you all for the prayers. It was very successful. Uh, we're, we uh, thank the Lord for guiding the doctors and the nurses and everyone to, to that successful surgery and uh, prayer, prayerful that uh, her, her vision will continue to develop normally uh, as we would hope for for a little child like that. Uh, we also continue to keep in our prayers the ongoing conflict in Ukraine, uh, prayers for all those who are affected by it, and especially hoping that the Lord uses this to bring people to him uh, and, and that he would bless them with that trust in him and trust in the salvation Jesus won for all people. Maybe one other prayer to add there too is as we have communion this coming weekend, we can continue to prepare our hearts for that and pray the Lord would bless us through that powerful tool he gives to us in that sacrament of that declaration and assurance of our forgiveness too. Absolutely. This brings us to our Meet the Faculty portion of our program today. This last week I had the chance to sit down with Mrs. Beth Grieve. Uh, here's what that sounded like. Today we are joined by Mrs. Beth Grieve. Uh, Mrs. Grieve is our high school teacher for English and language. You want to explain the different classes you teach, Mrs. Grieve? Sure. So I teach English for 8th through 12th grade. And then I also teach uh, speech class and German 1 and 2. Okay. And yearbook and photography. Okay. Okay. So kind of a wide range of things, but mostly kind of yes. focusing on literature and the yes. English, English and other languages. Yep. Good. Um, so, uh, Mrs. Grieve, as we've been going through this series with the different teachers, I think it's been helpful for people who listen to the podcast to kind of get to know our faculty, too. So you, people hear my voice all the time, whether it be in church or through this podcast, but it's good to hear the voices of our other called servants because we care about you, we love you, we pray for you, and we obviously want know how important your work is here at the school. So it's really good, I think, to get to know you guys a little bit more. Um, you've been here at Emmanuel for quite some time. I got here in 2016. How long have you been teaching among us? Um, I started in 2013, so okay. I've been here nine years now. Okay, so next year will be 10 years then for you. Yeah, it's a big one. <laughs> wow, that's exciting. That's exciting. Yes. So that's when you started teaching. Uh, when did you? Where did you grow up? Oh, well, I grew up here in Mankato, yeah. so I'm from the area. So uh, maiden name is? Olmanson. Olmanson, if you didn't yes. know. Yeah, I still slip and call you Mrs. Olmanson and Miss Olmanson sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but not, I respond no, either way. Yeah, so obviously your last name isn't Obinson anymore. So got married. Uh, you want to explain to everybody kind of your family life? Uh, okay, so my husband is Jeremy Grieve. Uh, he, we live in Medelia. He's got two kids. Um, Cody is 20 now. Okay. He's, yep, just got a full-time job at Walmart. So oh. He's working out there, yeah. Okay. At the, big at the DC or at the actual store? Uh, the actual store. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then his daughter Brooklyn is 16 and she goes to Lake Crystal High School. Okay. And what does Jeremy do? 
He's a pipe fitter, which is not a plumber. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> two yep. different things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's pipe bending pipe for electrical, right? Is that? Well, they do they do like industrial, so oh. um, a lot of it's like ammonia piping, chemical okay. piping, things like oh, that. Oh, okay, okay. Companies. Oh, neat. Uh, so obviously you ended up being a teacher. Uh, if, did you always see yourself as a teacher or was it something that kind of came later in life or? No, I, I pretty much always saw myself as a teacher, I guess. When I was little, like, we always played school and mm. I was always reading out loud to my dolls and things. <laughs> <laughs> and awesome. I, I tried to think of, you know, when I got hit middle school, beginning of high school, like something else I'd rather do. Cause you know, who wants to be a teacher? That's yeah. so ordinary, <laughs> but couldn't fight it. So yeah, yeah. Well, well, and your mom's a teacher too, so you know, yep. you've definitely, and you have quite a few in your family mm-hmm. too. Right, some aunts and uncles. And yeah, yeah, and your, your brother's a professor, mm-hmm. that, that's right yes. too, so yes. kind of comes with the territory for being a Omenson kind of a little bit. Huh? Right, yeah. Omenson gurgle. Yeah, gurgle, too, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so was there a specific event? Was it your mother's leadership, or was there something that led you to be a teacher, or was it just kind of your whole life? Yeah, <laughs> I think it was just the whole combination, just growing up around it. Yeah. Okay. You know, and enjoying being with kids and sharing with them. Yeah, awesome. Uh, how about uh, schooling? Where did you go to school, uh, degrees, so forth? Sure. So I went to, I got my grad or undergrad degree at Ripon College. Okay. It's nearby Marcusan. Oh, yeah. With that? Yep. yeah. So I grew up in Fond du Lac, so. Yep, right, right nearby. There, yeah, <laughs> good. yeah, okay. Yeah, so that's where I went to school. I got my degree and then. Um, when did you graduate there? Or do you not want to say? Uh, <laughs> right, trying to peg how old I am here. Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, you graduated manu- here at Emanuel. From high school in yep. 99. 99, okay. Yep, and okay. then I graduated from Ripon in 2003. Okay, 2003. So I would have been actually been a little punk yeah. high schooler while you were there in Ripon. I would have been in right. So Right. Our so lives were so close to each other, we never knew it. Right, and I'm trying to think. My grandpa, Gurgle, was vacancy pastor was that in Fond du Lac? Okay. Is that right? But may, you must not have been there. That yeah, that pre- time. probably between when Pastor Johannes retired there and Fond du Lac and my okay. dad got there. We got there in 99. Okay. So that would have been right around when you were you were there too then. Hmm. I might be remembering. Who knew? All right. Uh, so uh, where else have you worked uh, Worked and taught as far as uh, you graduated from Ripon there and there's obviously a gap between your graduation and right. when you came here. So where else have you worked and taught? Okay, so when I graduated, I I had studied abroad in Germany oh. um, for about four or five months, and kind of realized, oh, I can go anywhere. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I I applied for different positions out west. I got a job in northern Arizona in Page. Okay. So it's up right on the border. I worked at a middle school there. Okay. Working with mostly Navajo and Native American students. Oh wow. Okay. So I was up there for five years, teaching seventh grade, and then one year of eighth grade. Okay. And then I moved to Phoenix and taught at a charter school okay. in the ninth grade. Okay. English. So you, were you mostly focused on English subjects in that, or when you taught seventh grade, you were teaching everything, or was? No, mo- uh, English. Okay. Yep, English and reading. Okay. So were you working with people who had no knowledge of English, or was it was it kind no. of standard what we think of English class? Yep, it was a it was a regular English class. Okay. Uh, the students definitely, you know, in northern Arizona, being native, they had right. their own dialect and okay. you know certain slang words or vocab words that they'd use. But okay, that was been really fun, kind of it interesting was. experience. Yeah. yeah, it really was. I uh, I also helped coach seventh grade volleyball while okay. I was there, oh. and just getting to know the the kids and their culture, especially on those bus rides. Like we would drive 
at least an hour, maybe more, to get to the different games because we okay. had to go out on the reservation. Okay. So yeah. it was really interesting to hear about their lives and kind of learn more about their culture. Hmm. Very cool. Mm-hmm. So the, that product brings us all the way then to you coming to Emmanuel. Yep. Yeah. So yep. After that, I was in uh, Phoenix for four years, and then okay. I came to Emmanuel. Okay. Okay. And that's where you're teaching ninth grade charter school. Yes. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And then to, to 2013, got the call here and and. Awesome. So you've taught uh, charter school, mm-hmm. public school, yep. and now you teach private school here at Emmanuel. Yeah. Um, so to you, I guess, kind of one of the most important questions I've been asking all the teachers is, what's your view on Christian education? How important is Christian education, having been in the public sector and also now in the, the Christian education sector? To you, what is the value of Christian education? Uh, well, I think it's... You know, especially having gone through school here, like I remember being in high school thinking, oh, I want to get out of this bubble. Mm-hmm. And yep, now that I'm yep. back in this bubble, I think, oh, I'm so glad we have this <laughs> bubble for our kids. Yeah. Um, it just really gives you a great foundation, how to look at things from a Christian perspective, a safe environment to talk about it mm-hmm. before you go into the world and you have to do that all on your own. Yeah, yeah. I think sometimes we can talk, like you said, I, I went you know, to a high school in Eau Claire, but mm-hmm. I too thought, <laughs> bubble, you know, you think bubble, yep, bubble, yep. you're stuck in here, but yeah. but there is a value to that, and mm-hmm. you know, yes, they we're all going to have to face the real world someday, yep. but being able to pre- prepare our kids mm-hmm. for that real world experience is really important to be able to do that in a safe environment, and that's what we have here at Emmanuel. Yep. Not that Emmanuel is perfect by any means, we right, certainly of are. <laughs> we're all sinners, we're all going to have problems, but uh, it certainly mm-hmm. is a blessing to have this, and mm-hmm. I think you see that too with our, our ch- how much our church values our school and how important our school is. And going all the way back to the beginning of uh, the foundation of the high school here is, you know, when the high school left for Eau Claire, they could have just said, well, okay, mm-hmm. we're, we're just going to do grade school then. But they yep. kept the high school and they're still keeping the high school. And so yeah. to me, it's a testament of mm-hmm. how about, as you say, how valuable we all see this bubble, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah. uh, how about a, a story from the classroom? Do you have anything uh, that you'd like to share with us that shows what Emmanuel Lutheran School is all about, kind of hi- highlighting for us the what uh, what makes a manual a manual, kind of? Uh, well, sure. I, I don't know if the story necessarily fits into that. I guess I was still kind of thinking about the, the bubble aspect, but a sure. um, couple examples. With the eighth graders recently, we started reading a book about uh, these boys in Denmark who are rebelling against uh, Nazi Germany as they take over. Mm. And I know I talked with you about Bible passages about rebellion and, and different aspects of it. So... It, it was interesting to sit down with them and have that conversation with them. And, you know, I see their pretty black and white thinking. Right. But then I go to the 11th and 12th graders. We were just finished reading Frankenstein. And just the conversations they're able to have about uh, the monster and if he should take revenge, if he should not, and just the moral implications, the biblical implications. It's mm-hmm. it's pretty amazing to see they do grow and they, yeah. do, they do learn from all of that. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good point. I teach 7th and 8th grade one year for doctrine class, and then I teach 11th and 12th grade the next year. And it always takes me a couple of weeks at the beginning of the year to, like, <laughs> right. switch my mind. But okay, yes. now I'm, yeah. Uh, but but I agree with you that, you know, being able to, 7th and 8th grade, your world's pretty black and white. Mm-hmm. But then to be able to get that nuance and understand, mm-hmm. okay, here's the principles God lays, you know, God doesn't yeah. give us the exact answer to every question we have right. in life. But he gives us principles, and now how do we apply those principles mm-hmm. um, to whatever situation we may be in? And you know, that's that's what it means to equip mm-hmm. equip kids with the tools that they need. Yeah, yep. awesome. Um, so, because you're so intimately involved in the working of the the school and the church, what are some one of the things we've been brainstorming? Kind of is what things can we do to help improve 
the relationship between the church and school to improve the work that we do in the ministry that we're trying to accomplish that God has God has blessed us with what are some areas of improvement maybe I would say maybe just getting involved getting more people involved I think and I know I do this too we have all these opportunities to come down for a work day or Mm -hmm. you know maybe people have time they could help sub but we choose not to we let other people do it so I think just being active you know voters coming to the meetings coming to the congregational meetings for everyone Mm -hmm. just being more active in in our roles here yeah awesome and we know we I know we have a lot of opportunities to volunteer at the school too and uh, I'll plug it for a little bit here. We just adopted a highway as a church and school, so uh, we're going to be setting out dates for that pretty soon. Nice. So we got Monks Monks Avenue going south towards right nice. right past MSU there by the okay. by the football stadium. So that's great. Yeah, so hopefully we can get some people come out and clean the, <laughs> clean the highway with us. Yes. Awesome. Yes. Uh, what's your favorite thing about being a teacher? Oh, it's all the great books I get to read, of course. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's just cool to read this literature with the kids, and especially the classes that really get into it, and you mm-hmm. can just sit back, and they talk about it, and they talk about the characters and the plot and, you mm-hmm. know, all those things that we talked about, and yep. um, it's just really neat. Yeah, yeah. Very, it's, when they start engaging on their own, you know, that's mm-hmm. really neat Really neat to yes. see. I agree. How about your least favorite thing about being a teacher? I'm sure everybody said this, the grading. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's. Yeah. It's, yeah, especially with English, with the writing, there's a lot of time consuming going mm-hmm. through and editing and yeah. helping them out. It's it's definitely worthwhile, but yeah. it's definitely a struggle too. In math, you either write or wrong, and you get mm-hmm. to see their mark at yes, you're right, or no, you're wrong. Right. But with reading, it's like, okay, they write a paragraph, and this is worth five points. Right. Now, how many points do they actually get? Yes. <laughs> how much comprehension do they show? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so there's some of that in doctrine class, obviously, yep. too. So mm-hmm. I, I'm with you on that. I don't super like <laughs> Love that grading. Uh, so we've talked a lot about school and your work there. What are some, who are you outside of the classroom? What are some hobbies you like, uh, things you like to do outside of your work teaching? I think I'm pretty much the same person. I still love to read. <laughs> I read as many books as I can yeah. uh, when I can. I like to do a little bit of writing. I've been doing occasional uh, articles for the branches, which has been yeah really, really good for me. Um, dive into different topics you know yeah you want you want to talk about what the branches is quick just in case people don't know so the branches is the clc's publication for women and every comes out four times a year and Mm -hmm. there's a theme each year and a a different topic for each uh, issue yeah yeah just explores it who do you work with with that is that deb mayhew over in sleepy eye okay yes deb mayhew heads it all up and anybody can write for it you can just yeah. Send in whatever, whatever you'd like, but awesome. it's a good opportunity to explore yeah, yeah. topics. Well, if any of our listeners want to participate or write an article, there you go. Yes, go absolutely. Get a hold of Beth and she'll uh, yes. direct you where to go. Yes. Awesome. Uh, any other closing thoughts you'd like to share with our listeners today? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. Awesome. Well, appreciate your time today, Beth, and you continue to be in all of our prayers with all of the uh, work you do here at Emmanuel and the ministry that you accomplish among us with these kids that are obviously so important to all of us and of course important to our Lord too. So thank you very much. All right, thank you. Our hymn of the day today is taken from the Lutheran hymnal, hymn 325. It's entitled, O Thou That Hearst When Sinners Cry. O Thou That Hearst When Sinners Cry, Though all my crimes before thee lie, Behold them not with angry look, But blot their memory from thy book. Create my nature pure within, And form my soul averse to sin. Let thy good spirit ne'er depart, nor hide thy presence from my heart. 
I cannot live without thy light, cast out and banished from thy sight. Thy holy joys my God restore, and guard me, that I fall no more. Though I have grieved thy spirit, Lord, his help and comfort still afford, and let me now come near thy throne to plead the merits of thy Son. A broken heart, my God, my King, is all the sacrifice I bring. Look down, O Lord, with pitying eye, and save the soul condemned to die. O may thy love inspire my tongue, salvation shall be all my song, and all my power shall join to bless the Lord, my strength and righteousness. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the Twin Steeples podcast. Once again, Twin Steeples is a production of Emmanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church here in Mankato, Minnesota. For more information about the ongoing activity here, we'd invite you to check out our website, emmanuelmankato.org. Until next time, may God bless and keep you, and may you always remember, Emmanuel, God is with you.